0: That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. This is the Cosmic Voice.
1: Nothing But Business with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Cosmic Voice. This is Season 5, Episode 4. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris... How are you, my good man? I am doing great, dude. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Doing real good. Good. Rolling around in the Christmas (laughs) basking
0: light. (laughs) Having a good time. Having a good time. At at the time we are recording this, we are after the Thanksgiving holiday, so Mick and I are a little...
1: Little food rough coma, waste induced.
0: <laughs> Four or
1: five days of nonstop eating is for an older person. Yes. It's getting hard. It's getting hard with no metabolism. It is getting hard. It is. Our metabolism has slowed down immensely. I literally <laughs> said at my second dinner on Thanksgiving, I go, I don't know how I used to be able to do this nonstop, <laughs> like eat. I mean, I I, w- I could eat like like a like a, like a champion, and I mean it's. I mean listen I still put it away but I was like you know you had to take a break you had to do some breathing exercises you know when you're hey listen can we hold off on the dessert just give me a give me about a, an hour You know, before, it was like, come on, bring it out. Let's do this. And then the leftovers. Right. Now, you guys guys cook, right? You guys have it at your house? Well, I did. I had to get together at my house, too. But I also went to my in-laws. My niece had a new house that she was kind of having people over. So there was that. So it was, you know, there was a lot going on, man.
0: So when you guys do it at your house, do you guys cook and pick at the same time? Or are you like... No, I'm just cooking. I mean, there's like you gotta do you gotta do your taste testing, right?
1: make sure you got enough of this, enough of that. but um, my wife not so much. like I said, I like to taste a little bit here and there just to make sure we have it on thing. But I, what I do is, you know, I kind of like that morning is all fasting. So you can enjoy the meal, you know, like you're ready to go. I have seen people where they're eating the whole (laughs) time. They have a plate while they're cooking. They're eating, they're cooking, they're eating, they're cooking. I don't think I could do that. Not to last the long haul, but.
0: No, well, that's true. Uh, You're a picker? I'm, oh
1: yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. I've always loved to have a restaurant or something like that, but I don't think I could have survived.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Because after no, a while, I it's know, like, it well, does. you
1: have to have that. You got to try this. You got to do that. You got to try Yeah, that.
0: yeah, 100%. Yes, 100%. I'd be eating. I'd be picking all of that. Cause I don't I'd be think, picking all yeah. of customers' plates.
1: Well, I don't think that I, like, if I had a restaurant, I don't think I would want to make anything that I didn't like. And I know that necessarily doesn't help the bottom line because you got to make things that other people like, not like what you like, but, you know, you want to enjoy it. But then again, maybe that's the goal. You you make things you don't like, and you won't kind of gain weight. But then if, you, oh, well, that's if, if true. you're ever that's on that point. food channel, or like, most of those guys are, you know, they're a little heavy to begin with. So maybe it's, know, it's, it's, it's tough. Percent. It's tough. You can't put it yourself in, you know
0: you know i you know i watch a lot of uh when i'm just casually watching tv I, I do watch a lot of guys shows whether it's you know his grocery games or you know his driver's dine-ins and dives or whatever and huh. i think to myself you know and he's a, he's a in the very early years he was very you know he was a, he was a big he was a big gentleman and i think god how is he not bigger like i mean <laughs> he was a chef and you know now he's going to all these diners drive-ins and dives or whatever they're called and He's eating all the time. I'd be big. I I, I would be humongous. I I wouldn't be able to get to the drive-in or diner or whatever because I'd be too busy eating. Same thing with that guy, you know, Man versus Food. I used to watch that dude all the time. And i think, how is he not huge? Like, it's amazing to me. Right, right. Speaking of which,
1: like, you know, the show in the 90s, The Nanny with Fran Drescher.
0: Yeah. Well, the lady
1: that played her mom, her name escapes me right now. But she has said in interviews that during that that run of that show i don't know it was six seasons or something like that she had gained 50 pounds because her character ate uh, all the time ate all the time and, and, yeah, and, she, right. and it's yeah. like wow i mean because before i read that i when i watched i go man these people really do, they're really eating eating and how yeah. many takes are they doing you know because i was like <laughs> and it's and the stuff they're eating it's like it's you know i was like wow that's amazing and uh You know, maybe back then I would have enjoyed that gig, but, you know, like after a while, like, I mean, like I I, I was telling you before we went on air, like, I'm looking to go back to detoxing and getting back to my regimen of eating that, you know, the holidays for me anymore, send me in such a tailspin because, you know, again, it's not that I don't like food because I do and I love to eat. I just have had to curtail what I eat, how I eat and all that over the years just to keep myself you know kind of leveled out when you're younger it doesn't make a difference you know it's kind of you can eat it pass it and move on and start again like my son is just like you know he's he's ready to go so he's probably
0: eating right now he's probably
1: (laughs) eating right now I mean but then you know you hit that mark and then after a while it's all downhill for us men yeah yeah guys our
0: age we can't do that anymore man (laughs) no you know I eat like that, and like we had said, I'm rolling for three or four days. Yeah,
1: it's like coming, also- it's like coming off a ten day tour. I, I'm like I need a, like a, like a week and a half
0: just to kind of get myself back into something. It's crazy, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I I, uh, I am going to. So you and I are recording this on the weekend. I start my detox on uh, Monday, so because I, I need to. I, I got to do something. Oh, so yeah. I'll probably go- I'll probably gorge all day today, and then. <laughs> Start well, yeah, that's normally. More. I mean, I'll normally
1: do that. Say, look, I got one more day, but I'm like, now nah, I'm done. That's it. I got. Yeah, it. yeah. Got you, it. Said, yeah you, said,
0: you said you're having a lot. Of
1: problems yeah, today. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, I'm. I'm starting to go into a depression here. It's like, now nah, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta fix this. I gotta fix this at least mentally. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like yes, I'm eating yes. turkey on my treadmill. You know what I mean? <laughs> just to try to balance it out, doesn't?
0: You know, listen.
1: And and at this stage of the game, too much turkey just like it just does crazy stuff to me. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Big time, like, big tri- time, big like, time, big time. Trip to pan is real, guys. It's real. Absolutely is. It's like it if is. you're Italian and your grandmother puts too much garlic in, there's a thing that happens that just your body starts shutting down after a while. Yep. It's real. Yep, that is true. Alan it is, is real. real. It, it is. Trip the pan is real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is real. It is real. So. It's Ross the Boss. Hey, take it, down This is Steven Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice.
1: All right, so let's get to the topic of the show. Today, tonight, tomorrow morning, whenever you're listening, it's about <laughs> artist genre hopping. Is it something that's worth doing?
0: Is it popular? Is it a taboo? Chris, what do you think? Uh, you know, I don't necessarily know if it's taboo. I mean, as I get older, I realize that, and I, I automatically think of John Jovi or bon jovi at the time you know when he you know he he when he came out he was a rock guy you know they were you want to call him glam metal sure whatever you want to call him hair metal whatever but he was a rock guy and then when they did Wanted dead or alive it kind of had like a little bit of a country sound to it not too much but just enough and then you know when he did the you know the young guns 2 soundtrack that's when he really took that turn and a guy like him he realized that hey like there's something here and then the next thing you know he's got hits on both country and rock you know is it taboo i don't think it's taboo i think every artist has that little bit in them it's just a matter of having the guillians to make that change garth brooks was also another one you know he he and to me and this could be a conversation but to me in my opinion he changed that country into what we now know as country rock because there isn't legit country anymore anything on popular country radio is literally Country rock, right? Like, he made it cool. I remember seeing him in concert, and it was like a rock show. He still had that country sound, but he was a rock. I mean, now it made it okay for people like Carrie Underwood to start her show with Welcome to the Jungle, and she kills it. There was that show for a little bit that came on. I think it was called, um, I don't know if it was called Duets or something, but it was, uh, you know, I watched Steven Tyler and, and Carrie Underwood, and they were going back and forth on their songs, and Taylor Swift did one with Def Leppard, and she's another one. I mean, she started as country. Now she's one of the biggest pop stars. She's not even near country. But I think back to Billy Joel, you know, and he was kind of, I don't know what you would call it, Billy Joel. We'll call him rock for the sake of the conversation. But he always had that R&B soul, and then as time went on, he went to R&B soul and then he even put out a couple of like classical record taboo i don't think so i think that there's always in any artist, they have something in them. Paul Stanley was another one, right? Like KISS always kind of had a, you know, they always had that Beatles sound, but I think as time went on, there was, you could hear some things that, when Paul Stanley made that, you know, that change into, again, oldies, R&B, soul. I mean, it made sense, you know? And uh, I don't think it's taboo. I I think it's kind of cool, you know, especially with a guy like Bon Jovi, like for a guy that you and I, I'm not the biggest Bon Jovi fan, but for a guy like him or a band like them that we grew up on, you know, rocking with the big hair and then him kind of take over the charts uh, you know I know a lot of people don't put stake in charts but to, but to have a song on both country and rock and I think Garth Brooks did too like I think it's pretty badass man uh, I don't know what makes people go hey I'm going to do a country record or hey I'm going to you know make this change like I don't know what made Taylor Swift change unless she just saw or maybe the people behind her in her camp said hey listen we're going we're to change your stock because she made it doing country but they've done something right. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool. I, I, think it, uh, I think it opens up music genres and, and people get to discover other things. You know, I don't necessarily know how many Garth Brooks fans are, you know, were listening to Kiss, but, you know, he did that Kiss tribute record and he was doing Kiss songs live. And who knows how many people he turned, you know, on Kiss. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah.
1: Charts used to mean something a long time ago. They did. They did. They did. They did. Pretty much kind of told the tale for an artist and their career and how things were going to go. I think today charts are, I I don't even know where to go to look for the charts. I know people still put them out, like, oh, on the billboard this or that or the other thing. But a lot of people feel they're skewed. Most average music listeners from a certain age up have no idea who the artists are. Artists are on and off the charts. Like, I don't know if artists stay on the charts for, you know, 15 weeks, three months, eight months, you know, like back in the old days. Do charts still genuinely show artists climbing up? In our day, you used to watch artists literally climb up. They would come on the top 50 and then slowly start to, and then all of a sudden, you know, weeks later, they're in the top 10. And I don't know if that's because that's how... Album sales, it, you know, it took because everything's instantaneous now, right? So you yeah. can get mm-hmm. you can get album sales within you know less than twenty four hours. I'm sure. Where back in the old days, you'd have to wait till they were tallied up at the end of the week or you know end yep. of the month or whatever. There was a taboo, and I don't know if the taboo was necessarily us as the listening audience, or more came from the industry because they didn't want to lose their cash cow if you think oh, about okay, it, right? Okay. You think, yeah, right? Like, <clears throat> oh, sense, like, yeah. if you do this, you're way. going to ruin yourself with your core audience. A lot of people say that in 79, Kiss made a huge change, and they went more to softer rock. They lightened up. They glammed. They really glammed out. And their core audience was disappointed, and this is why numbers started to drop. So, in a sense... Did they genre hop? Well, I don't know if they genre hop, but there's an example of when you start to change, the people that were with you may not continue with you, and a lot of people had said that that they that's when they stopped listening to Kiss or you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. But genre hopping, and, I, and let's go back to Garth Brooks. I don't know if Garth Brooks actually genre hopped. I think he crossed lines doing okay, what he did, fair. right? So he took, okay. yeah, he fair. took that's his fair. box. And what he did in his box very well, and he moved it. He says, I could do more with this. I okay, could do it fair. my yeah, way sure. and add it because he liked other things. And I'm I'm sure that all artists, regardless of where they came from, liked other music growing up or were exposed to or are exposed to other kinds of music than the music that they do, right? Katy Perry had an album out. Oh, yeah. She was yeah. a gospel singer. Yeah. yeah right? It was yep. Under, yep. under her real name... Katie Hudson, yeah, right. Harry's yep. her mother. I about her. Her mother's maiden so. name, yeah, I something. think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people were uptight about that, at least in her camp, in her original camp, of course, right. And I, if yeah. with Taylor Swift, as the story goes, if we're being told the truth, her camp was concerned about her making that leap, saying, "Hey, you're going to lose your country fans because country people are kind of hardcore in that." Yes. Yeah. And she said, no, this is what I want to do. So, you know, I mean, it was a huge success. So when you get stories like that, people are like, well, yeah, now it's acceptable. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, you know, uh, Gwen Stefani, she went from, I guess, I don't know what was that punk? Ska. 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 Ska.
0: Yeah, Ska, yeah. Okay,
1: to pop, to singing Christmas songs. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even think she's that great. Like, vocally, she's not, you know. No, I don't either. You know, more power to you. And again, like, you know, with Paul Stanley doing what he was doing, you know, with Soul Station and all, and we talked about this before, he did it long after his career was already established. And he wasn't going to, you know, like, and as an older gentleman, people are embracing that type of thing. So, was it daring? Was it, was he taking all these chances? (coughs) Well, you're always taking a chance, but if he did it in 86, I would say... Man, that takes some cajones. But doing it during 2020, 2021, whatever, as they're establishing the End of the Road Tour and, you know, his career is now someplace else. I don't know how daring that was. But I think there's always been artists who have kind of dabbled in. Look at Elvis Presley, right? His moniker is the king of rock and roll. Yeah. But he sang gospel. And most of his stuff was gospel too, right? right? And he did country. Yeah.
0: I mean, he yeah. always had. There was always that country flair, in my opinion. Yeah. We could talk Johnny Cash too. I mean, he was he was country, but he had a lot of gospel stuff. I mean, he put out full gospel records. But I'll say this: in that old
1: country, gospel was was yes, tr- mm-hmm. truly acceptable, right? Because yeah. country was yeah. kind yeah. of that thing, right?
0: Yeah, back then, yeah, yeah.
1: You would have a lot of that. I mean, Whitney Houston, R&B to pop. Yeah. I think that it's a little easier today for artists to do that because of the artists that took the chance and either blurred the lines or those that completely hopped over. Right. right? I mean, didn't Def Leppard do a, a country album or something like
0: that? They did some, something in country. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't know that for sure, but I do think that they definitely made that. There was a dabbling change. Yeah, there was yeah. a dabbling. Yeah, they, they dipped their foot in that pool. Yeah.
1: No, I mean the yeah. thing with John Bon Jovi, that was definitely a genre hop, and I think it was. Well, once he seen that it was doable, it became calculated. Yeah. Because if it was the oh, case, yeah. he would have stayed in that. But I mean, sure. In a business sense, why wouldn't you do it? Because what you're doing is is you're creating a cross-promotion. You're opening yeah. up how many Bon Jovi fans were converted from when he did that little country thing. Right. Like, you're not going to have 100%. But at the same no, time, no. you're going to get enough that it benefits you. Yeah. So that you now you yeah. have people that weren't looking at the Bon Jovi catalog and go, hey, there was some good stuff here. Like, you take out the visual, because a lot of people get all hung up on that visual, especially from the 80s, people today. Like, okay, take the visual out. Just listen to the music. There's some good yeah. stuff there. Like, I've always yeah. been a, a Bon Jovi fan. He's got some really cool stuff, in my opinion. You take away that visual, you know, because again, everybody was doing it come 86. You had to, to compete. If you weren't, oh yeah, if you weren't, you were getting lost in that yeah. specific line of music that you were trying to, you know, stay. especially because... It all became super visual with M T V. It went from a non visual realm, if you think about it, MTV comes in and then artists that Change. were a little disheveled by yeah. you know, by the mid to late eighties, all of a sudden they kinda like got it, they got cleaned up. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It, you know, because yeah. the visual was so important and it started to sell more. That's why videos became more and more of an eyepiece than right. than of a showcase of the song. Right. Right? And I understand that. I mean, because, you know, that's what sells. It's, it's, you know, whatever. I don't think it's as taboo as it maybe once was even with the execs. Because they have now seen, experienced, and reaped from these blurring of the lines. Or, like you were just saying earlier, sometimes the easiest way to do it is just connect yourself with an artist from another genre. And it becomes acceptable. Right? Because... Garth Brooks did "Hard Luck Woman" with Paul Stanley, mm-hmm. right? I forget who did. um. Bon Jovi sing with? I can't remember the female oh. singer. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, on that on that home song.
1: On that home song,
0: yeah. I guess we can look it no, up. No, but... I I think it was like a I think it was like a um. It was somebody newer, right? It wasn't. Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think it was like a, a huge
1: country name. You know, you will often see, especially this time of the year, with a lot of the holiday songs that are out. You'll see a lot of those artists kind of connecting with one another. You know, Michael Buble singing with a country singer. And, you know, because it it helps. Well, Christmas songs are safe and they're widely accepted throughout all genres. That's kind of why my band does Christmas songs each year. Holiday songs, we call it, so we don't agitate anybody. Because I get more radio play in those six weeks on stations that I would never my normal music doesn't get paid right so i enjoy doing it i really do love christmas music i love writing it it's a fantastic break from the norm but it also makes good business sense because i introduce corners of sanctuary to different audiences every year i've been on regular fm radio with my holiday songs which is really Mm -hmm. cool And, you know, the internet and all over the place. And why not do it? You know, like I said, I'm already working on next year's because that's usually how it works. And then I'll let it sit in my head for eight months. And then come August, I'll polish everything up. And that's when we record it. So I don't know. Is that genre hopping in my sense? I, I don't know. For me personally... It's been something that, you know, like I've always told people, like I grew up listening to the Beatles. My father was big into the Beatles, though I didn't like them very much as a kid. I couldn't understand. Like, why are people going goo goo ga over this, you know? Yeah. My uncle was into R&B and Motown, so I got a lot of exposure there, where my grandfather was in the string bands in Philly. So there was a lot of that kind of music. But I also had an infinity for pop radio, like I would love, I love pop songs even now. Yeah. you know. Like if I have an opportunity, I'll try to listen. Even though, it, a lot of them sound the same now. But there's every so often you'll get ones like, oh wow, well, that's that's really good. You know, to me, that's something that's standing out. It's not nine of the same song. Yeah, the, ten yeah. is different. You know. Yeah. And I would love to write pop songs. I'm just not sure that I could do it. But I have gotten into uh, in recent years. Like, more of the new country. Like, I understand Mm -hmm. some of it. And I actually like the Canadian version of it more Mm -hmm. so than what's happening here in America. Because I think it's starting to sound a lot of the same. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could say that about a lot of the genres. And I think that today, genre hopping, we'll just call it genre hopping for the sake of the show. I think it's beneficial to artists as long as they're doing it right. We're doing it well. And honest. And honestly. honest, yeah. And honestly, not saying, listen, I'm going to... I'm Now I'm going to be a country artist. Right. Well, that's going to be a hard... Like, didn't... um, Speaking of which, and I don't know if it was just a shtick or he was really trying to... Didn't Garth Brooks go... Like, he tried something... Like, he went through that whole... Oh, man, I don't know. He changed... Like, he did an album... What was, what was that whole second persona of his? And it wasn't country.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I can't think of the name. Chris yeah, he something. Was, he or, was all black. Yeah yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Chris something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it totally failed and bombed miserably. Was it something
1: he was really trying to do or not say that he was Garth Brooks or he was coming out and seeing if he could do it? Or was it kind of like a shtick? Because they, didn't they talk about there was going to be a movie and or was there oh, a yeah, movie?
0: No, I don't believe so. No, because I think I, I, I don't think it ever got off the ground. Because oh. I don't think the record did well at all. If I remember correctly, he wouldn't even say it was Garth Brooks. Like he went by, it was like a total character. So I think it was. Um, Something he wanted to do. I think it was part shtick. I think it was part like, "Hey, I'm going to dip my toes in this water." Like it really was. You know, I don't know if it was one of those things where he was like, "Hey, I'm a country rock guy, but I just want to be known as a rock guy, so I'm going to invent this whole different persona." Chris Gaines. I'm not really sure. Chris Gaines. oh that's it. Chris Gaines. Yes, yes, yes. And while we're on the subject, Jennifer Nettles was the Bon Jovi. uh, Oh, okay.
1: Well, I was way off.
0: Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily, if I don't remember correctly, but I know it didn't do well. Uh, I, I don't think it was looked at very seriously. I think people kind of took it as a joke, and I don't necessarily think he meant it as a joke. I, I think... Um, you think he was really... I do. I think he really wanted to make something of it, just something different that he wanted to do. And, you know, kind of like a, a concept record with a concept character, you know, you could always talk about it. You know, I mean, I know I'm going way underground, but you know, you want to talk about Wasp and the Crimson Idol, you know, that whole thing where he became a different character, but it was under the Wasp name, you know, with a whole concept record. But I think Garth wanted to do it. I think he was looking at a whole tour. He may have even done a tour with a movie. Like I think he was gonna build a whole new empire under this name and, and I don't it didn't work at all. I don't even remember the songs being that great, to be honest, now that I think about it.
1: I'm not very familiar with
0: it, to be honest with you. Yeah, but no, I don't think it was done as a shtick. I think he was literally trying to do something different. You know, kind of like Bruce Willis in The Return of Bruno, right? Like he was trying to do something. If you remember that, do you remember that? Oh, I do remember that. I do remember that. But he always,
1: there was always that thing about him, though. You know, going from an actor to a singer which was big in the 80s everybody wanted to be yeah, you know yeah, um, yeah, yep, don yep. johnson did it i know eddie murphy eddie murphy eddie murphy's still releasing <laughs> he still records stuff
0: you yeah, know and
1: yeah. uh, i guess you know i mean again it's it, i thought his stuff was
0: always good eddie murphy you talk about
1: bruce willis well bruce willis too i thought was good stuff I, too. I
0: i liked the return of bruno record i really did i thought it was really well done yeah well, listen. You know, again, I think that with a comedian or actor going
1: into music is that genre hopping? Maybe I, I don't know,
0: but it's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment. But yeah,
1: you could look at like Ronnie James Dio, right? For all you metalheads out there, he started in doo-wop. short right. hair, had a group, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. that's what was popular, big at the time. That's what you grew up with because there was no heavy metal in the fifties. Or the 40s, right? You were following crooners like Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby, Dean Martin. You were doing, you know, Perry Como. They were the top of the charts. They were your pop sensations at the time. You know, pop is just short for popular music. That's all it is, right? But now it's a genre within itself. If you listen to the top 10, top 20 charts of, say, like 1971, the music... Variety that was on—you'd have a Creedence song, you'd have Neil Diamond, you'd have stuff with you know orchestration, stuff with big band, stuff with guitar. It was all over the place because it was just popular. Now, mm. popular music for the most part, like it has a certain sound, it has a certain beat, it has a certain feel. But you had guys that changed genres as they were coming up through the ranks and found you know well this was more successful. Even Willie Nelson. Yeah, he, he changed, got grittier, in a sense, from where he first started. Like I said, Ronnie James Dio, Katy Perry went from gospel to, you know, and she had an h- album out. Yeah. And she lost that label and went through s- some other label. You know, that was what, like 2001 or something like that? I'm not even yeah. sure. Because uh, so, yeah. her first, that f- the second album didn't come out till 2007, I think. Yeah, like so, hit. Yeah, you know, yeah, that sounds about right. There was a lot of talk that, you know, a lot of the alternative bands of the early 90s were previously metal bands that couldn't make it. yeah, and really, if you look back now at what that whole change of scene was, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it it's really wasn't as dramatic as maybe we thought back then. If you listen to it now, you're like, well, okay, it just seemed like they went more back to rock. Like yeah. it was just a straightforward rock type of thing where they had to they couldn't just call it rock. It had to be called something else. Something else, yeah. And I don't know if that was more of the attitude of these people, of the players, or was it just they needed a marketing ploy to really make that switch from... Was it even called hair metal in the early 90s? Were they calling it hair metal? I can't even remember. I don't ever
0: remember calling it hair metal. I I mean, glam, obviously, but hair metal, no, I, I but and I could completely be wrong on this but I think that term came later yeah I I'm, I'm
1: yeah I think it became like a, like a late 90s type of thing I mean glam had been around for you know I mean yeah yeah yeah, know, yeah, yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah t-rex you know you got I mean and now you're talking early 70s um, Slade you know that was all yeah. glam the sweet stuff like that so today i i don't think it's such a bad thing i mean and again if an artist is kind of making their bones and feeling out what's best for them i mean it may not be a bad thing to experiment with different genres and the the issue is the audience right so taylor dane you remember taylor dane from the? i do i do the story goes that she actually released five other albums before that album under different names doing different things trying to make her bone, you know. And again, I mean, we've released albums, so you could count it as that, right? right? Did, did she do it independently? She Did she do it on right. major right. labels? Right. Usually she probably was being courted and then developed with labels, maybe sub-labels of bigger labels, you know, because sometimes that's kind of how these things go. Very seldomly does somebody come right out of the gate on a big thing. It's not to say it doesn't happen, because it does, but you're usually kind of courted around and kind of built up to something. As artists are feeling out, like, what's working best for them, there may be some genre hopping. And that's oftentimes why there's name switches. They change the name or something like that. Established bands doing genre hopping is something, again, they were weary of at one time, but now not so much because, you know, you're really building on that name and people want to attach themselves to things like that. I mean, look... If you remember, a lot of the bands that came out in the 80s, like, there was that first album that came out, and you're like, oh, man. This is it. And then the second album would start to change, like, dramatically. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. It, listen, is a good example, right? They came out, and some people called them glam or whatever. But then their second album comes out, Long Cold Winter, and it becomes more blues. Yeah. And then the third album comes out, and it's really blues. Yeah. And they got saxophones in there, and, and, you know, saxophones aren't heavy metal, are they? Right. Right. So, a lot of times what happens is is those sophomore albums and the ones that follow become more of who that artist really is. Yeah. You know, you get a little bit more of that type of feel where that, you know, they are always talking about that first album, you take a lifetime to write it, and it's usually written... For the label to get that deal or whatever, what that label is looking for, then once you start to establish yourself, you start to make changes. If you listen to Tom Kiefer now, and his band, I mean, they're doing some of those songs, and there's still an edge to it, but it's got more of a you know of a rock blues oh, type definitely. of you know feel because you yeah. could even hear that in his guitar playing, like when he yeah. those solos. Amazing guitar player, underrated. No one ever talks about Tommy Kiefer and his He's never in the conversation. Yeah, never in the conversation, which I could never understand. He's just phenomenal what he was doing even then. I like if you if you listen to some of those if you really dissect those leads today off of night songs, you're like, Man, how's he you know, it's just amazing what he's doing. And and again, never looked at as a I don't remember anybody ever talking about him as a you know, like in the George Lynch's <laughs> no. and, but he nope. was just a different player, but yeah. he really had some grit and you could hear that blues. You could hear that blues early on, man. Like great white. They actually never considered themselves a heavy metal band. They were like a, a rock blues band. You could hear that. But they went with the persona, didn't they? They weren't going to like, yeah, like oh, say, yeah. no, no guys, yeah. not, you know. They went with the hair. Their hair got bigger. The costumes got a little bit more elaborate.
0: And, you know, they did the same thing that Cinderella did or vice versa. You know, the very first Great White Album, the Black Record, like that's super hard rock has a little bit of a blues. It wasn't until their sophomore that they really made that change and it became like very like rock blues. But that first record, it has a rock edge to it. And yeah. then ever, you know, on their second record, it was it was blues the entire. The rest career. The rest of their career. The of their career.
1: I, yeah. I think that in the 80s, again, if you look back at what was happening, as metal was starting to make its way, especially here in the States, there was a breakoff period. The stuff that became popular was really just journey heavied up
0: yeah. with the drums,
1: oh, yeah. with a little yeah. bit more, you know, distortion type of thing. And then the leads got to be that just all over the place, right? Yeah. But then you had that other stuff that was kind of like what metal, I think, was supposed to be, you know, like with Metal Church. And even Grim Reaper, you know, staying under that certain level, and there was all those bands down there. Yeah. Yeah. And they were still kind of moving along through the 80s, but that rock, blues, you know, like extreme, like heavy Journey-type music. Like, you know, it went from that stadium rock or arena rock, I think they called it, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to that what became now classified as hair metal. It just kind of moved in. It was never as heavy as you would think it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was heavier than what was being normally played on the radio, but it was nowhere near as heavy as what was going on with, like, Overkill and, you know, Anthrax and, and Metallica at that time. You know, I think it was just a natural progression. I really do. I think because all those bands had listened to Journey, had listened to Styx. Yeah. You know, some of them bands even, they they were opening
0: acts for such groups. Yeah. Yep. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Mick. And and I think that I kind of know the answer. But I want to see what your opinion is so there was a point through the 90s i guess '80s, but really through the 90s that a lot of your like hardcore metal bands slayer comes to my mind which is what i'm which what i'm leading to my question a lot of your b and c level air metal bands they all kind of change their sound exodus also through the 90s to match what was going on that alternative came in like there was a lot of bands that changed their image like a lot of their hair bands changed their image they went from big hair and spandex and glitter to you know flannels and jeans and stuff like that and then you know like your a lot of your metal bands like slayer next to this they they changed their songwriting their stuff was still aggressive but it wasn't Speed. It was kind of tuned down and it was very, um, it just sounded like it tried to fit into that alternative model. Do you consider that genre hopping or do you consider changing with the times to try to compete with what was going on in in that time during the nineties?
1: I think it was a split for some bands, right? Like Motley Crue is comes to mind when they got John as the singer. I think that they really stripped down. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it just didn't work for their core audience. Though the the material wasn't really bad. No. No, Do you know what I mean? In my opinion, it's just, I guess, from what they came off of to that, I think if you go from one album to another album and there's an extreme change and, you know, I know there was some time in between, that may be a red flag that it's not sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard for your audience, especially your core audience, to say, okay, I get it, right? Unless it's so stellar. And I, you know, I mean, what this Stellar, I guess, is is subjective. However, if you're slowly starting to make changes with each album... And your fans are seeing it, feeling it, embracing it... Again, like, I'm going to use Cinderella as an example. And I know they haven't done anything in forever. But the course of those three albums... There was a progression, like you could hear yeah. it from each album. But I think when you flip flop, going back to the '90s, I think a lot of bands were scrambling. They were, yeah, dumping in their pants because they were about to. I mean, some of them lost their, you know, their shirts. They lost everything. Where a band like Motley Crue, they were able to, you know, tread water because yeah. they did so well, and they carried over even into the early '90s. They were still mm-hmm. going strong. Is the question, did they John Rahab? I would say several of them did. Yeah, I think a lot of them did. You even seen it by 91, 92. A lot of bands had already started dialing it down. I mean, Warrant on their yeah. second album, they dialed it yeah. down. Yep. Uh, Firehouse, they were already, they were dialed down and then they dialed down again. I'm just throwing out some bands. You know, even, um, well... I would say that Slaughter, when Mark and Dana left Vinnie Vincent, they had already toned it, the look down a yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. by the 90s, it was just jeans, a vest, you yeah. know, and the hair wasn't as made up. That, to me, is going with the times. Okay. Right? Okay. When you make the big switch from one album, like, again, like, if The Next Corner's a Sanctuary album is, is a country album, that's you know and that's my album not yeah not a supplement album or an ep or something right, there's my right, album right. that right. i think is a uh, huge you know but listen to, i'm gonna put it out there don't be surprised if, if you hear some country music <laughs>
0: coming in the next year or so <laughs> good luck getting frankie's voice yeah. in country Good luck with that. Yeah. (laughs) That is a metal voice. That is a metal voice. I know. (laughs) But listen, don't be surprised, right? Because it's, you know. (laughs) We could try our best.
1: See, you know what it is? I think that a lot of artists after a while look at themselves as like, hey, I'm an artist. I'm not defined by one thing. Yeah, and it's I very think true. that's okay true. because as a person, you have different likes, different dislikes. There's things yeah. that you're multifaceted. Yeah. Why can't my music be that way? Yeah, and I get that, man. I mean, you're absolutely right because you are influenced by other things that you've heard or, like, I mean, even a movie. Like again, you may have just seen just some documentary, and it influences something that you write about, or you do, or or a note that you use because it invokes a certain response a feeling an yeah. emotion the train of thought whatever it doesn't matter and i think that a lot of artists get to that point especially people that have been out there you know and it's like well i've done everything that i feel that i could do here yeah. it's time for something different and i get that and i think it's good and again like you said if it's honest then that's all that counts is yep. it sustainable? I don't know. I mean, I've always said yeah. that, could I write a thrash album? I think I could. But could I sustain it? I don't know. I, probably not. I'm, tell, I'm being honest. Because I don't feel it in my bones the same way. Right. Right, right. Could I do some country stuff? Yeah, I think I could. Actually, I have. Could I sustain it forever? I don't know. But if I was honest right now, I would say no. No. Because I don't yeah. feel it the same way as I do the music that I write now. That doesn't mean that you can't do it and that you wouldn't do something well. I mean, look, at John Bon Jovi wrote that song, and I don't think he was considering it to be country. It just so happens that it wound up, after finishing it, I, I remember reading an interview, this was years ago. He said, after finishing it, I heard it a different way. And it was like, this could really do something in this line. And that's what made him pursue it. So sometimes things happen organically. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? true. Yep. We did a, a holiday song a couple years ago, and it wound up having a slight country feel to it. That wasn't intentional at first. Like, it wasn't something that, like, say, I'm going to write a country song. It was like, no, nah, yeah. I, I want to do something more acoustically. And it just so happens that it came out the way that it did. And even though we rocked it up a little bit, it still has, in my opinion, and, and we've had reviewers say the same thing, not that we went out and said, hey, here are Corners of Sanctuary's new holiday country song. We didn't, you know, play right, it out right. like that. I think it's in all artists' best interest to, even if you're doing it by yourself, alone, you know what I mean, under lock and key, so to speak, to see what you could do. Yeah, Look at what Elton John's done as a piano player. I mean, in the 70s... You know, that was rock. He's playing piano yeah. with rock. and so, yep. But then he does The Lion King. And he does, yes. you know, and he does all these amazing things. The same with Billy Joel. Because they weren't just rock guys. They were, I mean, if you ever listen to Billy Joel talk, he is like a, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to piano and music. I mean, yeah. to the yep. classics, to, you know, whatever, yep. to jazz and, you know, and... People go, well, isn't he just a rock guy? You may be right. But no, he's more that's what I mean. Most artists are more than what you're just seeing on the surface. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. You know, I mean yeah, listen, some of us are just three chords. I get it. Hello. But some of us are very skilled people. It just so happens that the popular music to maintain that oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it, I'm gonna use bad stuff here, you sometimes gotta dumb it down. For the majority, yeah. right? Because yeah. people mm-hmm. don't want to overthink what they're listening yeah. to. They just want to, like we said, they want a quick response. Like it yeah. has to invoke some type of response, and whether it's you jiggling around, dancing, or tapping your foot, or you know, bobbing your head. Well, then there you go. We got it. It's done. Right? Yeah, but 100. As the artist, you yeah. go. Well, wait a minute. That's 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 only like uh, you know, uh, one one chord. So what? It works, right? You know, the guy did in cars then. Ben, what was his name? Something Newman? Gary Newman. Gary Newman, right? He just held that one note. Oh, okay. The video shows him he he, he kind of trickles down to another note. Okay? <laughs> but it works, right? It did. Yes, it did. Okay. It worked very well. Can you name a number, another song that he did? The guy's still releasing albums. No, nope, No, you not, cannot. Not one. Not one. <laughs> but that one note works. Yep. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It'd be good to experiment. Try different things. If you're interested in these things, slip them into your music. Maybe a melody. Maybe a piece. Maybe the way you sang something or you delivered it or a certain kind of vocal performance or arrangement. Give it a shot. Why not? I mean, in today's age, with music as Chris and I were talking about before we hit record... With 100,000 new uploads daily, that's every 10 days, a million new songs or a million new... You know, they may not all be songs per se, but new content in that realm... It's amazing. It's crazy.
0: It really is.
1: So why not try something? If you're inspired to, do it. Don't shortchange yourself and go, well, man, I'm tapped into this genre and I'm not going to change. Well, listen, if you feel strongly about it, that's one thing, right? If you feel like, hey, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. All right. ACDC did it. They're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. But really, they were never heavy metal. They were just hard rock with some blues. With some blues. That's it, man. You know what I mean? And like Angus said, they've done 11 of the same albums. And they're happy with it. 100%. 100%.
0: 100%.
1: Other guys, it's burning in them. They have to, like, I got to do this. I got to do it. If you're that person, do it. But whatever you do, like Chris said, I think you got to be honest about it. And if you're honest about it, whether people like it or not, that's besides the point. But if you're honest about it, that's what a true artist is, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right? There's that honesty that's coming. And if it's one person that likes it or if it's just you that likes it, if you can feel that honesty when you're listening, it doesn't matter. You've done what you set out to do. And now you're much more armed for the next project. Yep. Like, I mean, you, you become that triple threat, quadruple threat because yeah. you've allowed yourself this opportunity to be challenged and you worked through that challenge, whatever it is, it became the best of you. And now you can take that with you. Nobody can take that away. So that's where that's I'm right. At.
0: No, it's, you're hundred percent right, man. hundred percent.
1: What do you think, buddy? You got anything else you want to add? Nope, nope. I am good, dude. I am very good. All right, if you like that, check out some of our other episodes and some of our past seasons at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the Cosmic Verse and fill that void. Thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so
0: many more. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but
1: business.